Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? What vibe are you picking up this week then, Debs? Oh, there's there's lots of vibes going on around change. Lots of change. Judging, judging others, judging self that's going on at the moment. And there is a level of uncertainty. You know, one minute we know what we're doing. Next minute we don't know what we're doing. So that's coming through loud and clear at the moment. And lack of clarity, I think, are the key things that are coming through this week. Yeah, I'm picking up the same with the team stuff that I'm doing as well. The word roller coaster continues to be used. And there we were back in 2020, thinking that was just going to be a 2020 phrase. Little did we know then, as we all started to undo our buckles and stand up, whoosh, more change would then come in. So we've got Freedom Day, then we're talking about more restrictions, then we're talking about bubbles closing and lockdowns. And my gosh, this whole new language that we've all had to sort of learn, you know, just just even just acquainting with that. There's so much to learn and you can get dizzy and a bit queasy, really, with it all. And cool, this summer, I think, is really stretching people's resilience, isn't it? And that team resilience as well. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, Law, because I think teams are struggling because, again, they're saying, are we in the office or are we dialing in? Are we out of the office for certain days or are we coming in? And again, whereas leaders and managers are working really hard, they are working really hard to establish what the normality could look like. I think people are just judging um, and of them and have this perception of them as to whether they actually don't know what they're doing. And that's so far from the truth in some cases. So, you know, being able to sort of encourage people to go, if you're not sure, then ask, you know, then you'll know for sure, which is what we just need to try and create really is this level of certainty, whatever that looks like. But that roller coaster is is definitely going around and around and around at the moment and I think it will continue to to be as well. I mean, you know, we always like to bring as sort of as much fresh air to these conversations as 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 we can. And we could have been talking about change in the 80s, you know, so change is a constant, et cetera, et cetera. What I think is just so fascinating, unique about this is I know, you know, we all know that there are teams who are just about to go in and meet each other for the first time or reacquaint with each other for the first time. And, um, and you can see that people are quite nervous. And then when you sort of look at, well, why might that be? Because we might have disclosed all sorts of truths to each other in, you know, Microsoft survey was saying that one in six co-workers have cried with each other on an online meeting. So we've certainly disclosed information to each other, but then we've then got to go from the virtual world into the real world. And that, I think, is then when we have an opportunity to integrate with our digital twin. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that digital twin is that online version of you that has been, you know, kind of going with this new world and getting on this roller coaster ride. And then there's this kind of physical side of you that was the one that used to go out. And I think what's really interesting from a hybrid working point of view is, am I as comfortable standing on my feet in a pitch scenario, let's say in a real room, in a conference room, as I am sitting in my desk in a Zoom room. And that's quite a skill set that no other generation has had to 
really conquer, am I as comfortable with my digital twin as I am with my real world twin? And that is going to be the secret of hybrid working. And what we mean by hybrid working is a bit virtual, a bit in a cafe, a bit in, you know, in in an office environment, whatever that may be. And of course, the challenge with your digital twin um, is uh, we can be subject to the ODE scenario. And ODE stands for the online disinhibition effect. And it was a phrase coined by Dr. Mary Aitken in her amazing book, um, all about her pursuits as a cyber forensic criminologist. She was the inspiration, apparently, for CSI Cyber. And she's a professor at um, a university over in Ireland. And she just talks so authoritatively about this online persona that we have. In short, the ODE, online disinhibition effect, is We can get a bit giddy online. We can act drunk online. We can say things um, in a throwaway comment that we wouldn't dream of saying in a real world environment. So it's interesting you're talking about judging because I think I wonder whether there are some people thinking, I'm about to meet these people in real life. And I know we had a bit of a full on colourful conversation, you know, a couple of months ago, late online on a kind of a team beer evening, you know, how's that going to kind of stand up when we're then physically in the room? So like with any relationship, isn't it? It's not until you're there actually in the flesh that you can work out how to then best work with each other. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's that bit, what are people basing their perception on? You know, um, it may not be the reality, but because then we make it up in the absence of, you know, any other information. You know, I always remember an old boss always used to talk about perception is projection. And it's like, oh, here we go again. But actually, you know, the more he said it, the more we went, oh, right, yes, okay, that does make sense. Actually, how you want to be perceived is how you project yourself. And if you're saying we've got a digital twin, actually, how have you been putting yourself out there? Is that how you want to be perceived or not? Which is going to be really interesting when people do come back in the room. Um, And I think there's a little bit around then how do we, if you like, self-regulate are, you know, in, in that ability to be able to cope with the emotions, I think, that sit with that and knowing how to then adapt and respond appropriately in the moment, which is going to be a big thing. So that self-control is actually control of oneself, right? So, but how do we, how do we resist the impulsive behaviours even more? Um, you know, can we cheer ourselves up if we're a little bit down, it's that that ability to be able to flex, I suppose, as you always talk about, our range of emotional and behavioural responses to people and things that are actually of the environment that I'm actually in. So it's appropriate behaviour that we're looking for. And that would be interesting to see what happens, I think. God, yeah. I mean, you know, I like a metaphor. So on this roller coaster metaphor, then, is it almost like keeping that inner balance in your ear canal almost, but from an emotional point of view? So where, you know, the kind of antidote to feeling a bit queasy or a bit kind of, you know, nervous or giddy is you kind of look for something to be able to get some footing on visually. Is this the equivalent then from an emotion point of view about how to feel a little bit more sure-footed in terms of how we're feeling, what we're thinking and how we're planning or or being anxious about sort of the next steps in change. And it's the equivalent of that then maybe, and it reading the context, deciding what your own north star is, whatever that may be, whether that is your visual direction or your kind of emotional focus um, and that ability to self-regulate. And of course, this isn't just kind of 2021. This is for this is this is for a few more years yet. 
I, I can't see this roller coaster ride kind of going. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a pleasure to host you. <laughs> if you now like to sit in the VIP room and chill out, I, I think we've got a couple of months and, you know, we've got some ripple effects ahead. So this is a skill set that if you've never even heard of the word emotional regulation, this could be a really new best friend in terms of feeling positive and confident and top of your game in the world of work. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's that acknowledgement that, you know, I always say it's okay to not be okay, but it's what you do next that matters. So how can I, if you like, learn to self-regulate how I'm feeling or thinking? Um, And it's normally that emotional that links to the behavioural piece. So I I think, you know, going back to the old adage that we know about, which is that, you know, what are you going to plan? You know, how are you going to do it? And when you're going to review it, the good old plan do review comes into play that enables us to be um, to make sense of the situation, I suppose, and to feel a sense of control over what could be going on around you and recognising that your part you play in that is going to make a big difference um, to to the output or what people see or how they perceive you um, is going to be something to consider, um, which I think people need to con- have a... Yeah, I think people need to think about that in a little bit more detail before stepping in. And you know what? You got me thinking about those giveaways, those unintentional giveaways. I remember being astonished at an AI conference I went to, just November 2019, And they said they are able to detect people's gender and ethnicity to pretty much 100% within 20 emoji uses. So they've been able to analyse all of the data all over the world, all over the emails, the texts, the social medias, all of that stuff that we willingly give away. And just how easy it is through our communication patterns, these giveaways that we think it's natural and kind of a one-off. Oh, I think I'll put one of those hearty, smiley things. And we think it's a one-off because it's what we feel in the moment. But actually, the patterns that then emerge within 20 emojis, um, we can predict your gender and ethnicity. People show very clear patterns in how they communicate online. So that perception that we're giving out, it may feel so kind of in the moment and ephemeral, but actually what are some of those patterns that we're getting into? And the downside of patterns is we can then lose our level of self-awareness. How am I actually coming across? What am I actually having a conversation about right now, rather than kind of going through those motions? I think you're right. And it's that um, subconscious approach, isn't it, to what's going on? So something happens and then we have a you know a feeling associated with it. We then react in a way and we take some data from what we've only just seen. So it's that ability to think, you know, I've got to make sense of what's going on around me. Um, so I'll just put it through the lens of my own values and my own perception of what I know already or what I've done before. Um, so I can make sense of and um, build a picture and make sense of what's going on around me. But actually, it can be sometimes that bit which is so distorted that we don't actually see it for what it really is. But because, you know, we've actually, um, you know, we've actually made that picture our own and therefore that must be how it is. We, you know, we whiz up the ladder of perception or the ladder of inference, as it gets called, from something happening to making a decision and then taking action, which could, in effect, be not so good. So it's how do we come back from that and stop and think about, okay, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? You know, what do I want to say next? But actually, what am I going to do about it? Which is going to be, you know, something, again, I think we just need to be mindful of. 
Yeah. And people used to talk before in the kind of the, the old world. Do you remember that in the time before the pandemic? Wow. And people used to talk about the M&Ms being the things that did their in in terms of being able to focus on work. And M&M stood for managers and meetings. If it wasn't for my manager, if it wasn't for all these meetings, God, I'd be productive. So those are sort of the M&Ms that we used to talk about. Um, and I, I think there are some new M&Ms that are going to emerge. And in terms of channeling what you were saying about self-regulation, working out your own triggers now and how you're going to handle those to remain professional so that in a couple of years' time, you're still proud when you review back how you've handled this and still able to, um, you know, express your professional standards and achieve all the career things that you want to do, whether that is regardless of your current situation, but basically to do well by yourself, to have a think about what those triggers. And the new M&Ms could be masks and medical beliefs, you know, the new M&Ms, the things that could get in the way of a team being able to heal, repair, bond, progress, smash it out of the park in their future goals. If we can't get over the fact that some of us may have different beliefs and different ways of showing that, you know, and then the meanings that people apply to that, then it's going to be a long, hot summer. And so the, the more able we are to regulate our own emotions do a little bit of cognitive processing, thinking it through. What is winding me up at the moment? How do I then prepare so I'm able to handle it calmly and professionally when I'm there in the room? And that, for me, is the best definition of professional. Of course, we could all be grumpy and moody and just say what we want, but you don't get paid for that. <laughs> the benefit of getting paid for something is you move on from being amateur and it kind of it means you have to rise above what you really want to do, otherwise you wouldn't get paid for it. Yeah, definitely. And I think you've got to be able to think, um, I suppose, with empathy. So I think it's how do you understand somebody else's situation and empathise, not you know, with yourself, of course, but also others so that you can bring compassion and understanding to that situation. So you're not jumping to a conclusion or you're judging somebody without having all the information or the facts to hand. So I think it's that bit that says, you know, if you can Uh, explore what's going on so if you're thinking and feeling something rather than say it straight out then I would suggest that you ask some questions be curious you know explore what that what that feeling is or that sensation is before you judge and it's 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 a a skill we all have to use because we're really quick to judge it takes a nanosecond to judge people based on what they look like, what they're wearing, how they speak, the emojis, as you said, you know, and we're we're all judging all of the time. But actually, it's that bit. This is more than ever, I think we need to consider what's going on for the other person as well as yourself, but also take that opportunity to think uh, uh, about how am I going to navigate through this and how am I going to sort of keep an eye on the you know the future state and focus on something, whether it's you know three weeks, three months, you know three years from now? It's it's being able to keep your eye on the prize, if you like, whatever that yeah. might be for you. Oh, I think you're spot on. And I just had a thought as well. I wonder whether it, the, the temptation, because there'll always be a benefit for why we then judge. And in that moment, I think it doesn't, and I think it gives you a false sense of sure-footedness. Me judging, oh, they're bad, gives me that momentary feeling of, I'm not them. So I now currently feel just a little bit more certain about my status here because we've kind of judged someone else with it. So I can see the attraction. The more harshly I judge others, the more I feel secure in the little patch of land that I've kind of secured to myself. And I wonder with that roller coaster uh, um, metaphor, people are going to change so much 
that is going to be like a mirage rather than a real oasis in the desert, isn't it? That's going to change because these are shifting sands and, oh, you know, I like a visual metaphor. But I love what you were saying about the eyes on the prize because when you're there on that roller coaster or on the turbulent waves or in the airplane that has kind of been bounced around a little bit, you know that you need to look beyond the horizon that settles all of our internal balance. It enables us to remind us while we are there on that journey in the first place, which is to get to a destination. And rather than maybe getting overly caught up with, well, who am I sitting next to and what are they up to and what are they doing? Actually, if we're able to bring out that emotional regulation and keep looking further ahead in the distance, and it may, we may have to remove the dates in on it. And actually think my future vision for myself, whether it's this month or that month, fate may decide that, but I'm the one that's able to steer me towards that direction. So what does that vision look like um, in terms of what for me would mean success? And, and being able to think about what you can do, because, you know, if we can actually turn those thoughts and feelings and behaviours into an action that enables us to keep our eye on the prize or have that, you know, spot in the distance, wherever that might be for individuals and knowing that it will shift. But that's OK, because I know what's important and I know what I want to be doing. And I know that actually I've got my goals set for myself, which I know are going to make a difference to me. So having that clarity for yourself can also help. Um, you know, what what you can focus on moving forward, I think. And that's really important. Because, of course, the difference between me spinning around on my feet and a proper trained professional dancer is the dancer has a controlled turn. They know where they're going back to. They've pointed that point in the future, which means, you know, they can go really, really, really fast and spin around and around and around, but it's very controlled in terms of how they then land back. And that's the training that gives you that ability to be professional in that moment and focus on that point on the wall that's further ahead in the future. Yeah, definitely. And, and that self-control is the bit that you, you're, you're the one that is in control of that, right? No one else will do it for you. So again, it comes back to what choices are you making for you? And, you know, what can you do? Again, it comes back to that. So what's within your gift, as I always say, to do something about it? Because we all have it. We just might to dig a bit deeper sometimes to find it. Yeah, there's a beautiful exercise that I know between us, we've run for various clients before. And I've got, um, you know, we're working with a, a big sales team at the moment. And they often refer back to this um, exercise where you write a letter to your future self. And boy, is that a powerful exercise to do, especially now, because it really does feel like time machine times, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> so it to does. be able to write a future <laughs> letter to yourself, which is, dear future me, you know, this is what I want to be doing in the future. And this is how uh, the stuff I want to be focusing on. And this is how I want to feel and blah, 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 all the bits. You just basically write a letter to yourself, really powerful in your own handwriting, as powerful in your own typing, because you'll recognise your own language. Um, and uh, that's a, just a really powerful exercise to do. So for those people that aren't vision board motivated, a letter to self can be a really thoughtful way to start to put some of those um, those energies out. And it is quite mind-blowing when this email comes back to you. There's a site called futureme.org, which millions of people around the world have used to be able to send an email to their future self. And we thought it was quite cute, didn't we? The idea that actually you can use that with your own email server so you can literally program your outlook which we thought was a really cute way <laughs> in terms of that mindset you can literally program your outlook to send you this letter you know on a certain date and email it back to you um in terms of what you want your future self to be and what a letter 
to then open on the 31st of December this year, for example, because these are such transformational times. There's no one in the world that is able to predict, well, what exactly will we be doing on the final date of this year in 2021? Because I think we all probably thought at the end of 2020, that was it. <laughs> Job done. Yeah. Woo! Wasn't that a short ride? And then we then realised that the roller coaster was probably only a third of the way through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we all fell back down into the harnesses again. <laughs> yeah, it's all going round again, <laughs> which is really cool, I think. And that bit around taking back the control, as you said, writing that letter um, will make a massive difference for, for what you want. And I suppose my call to action for people would be to make sure that we do, you know, have a focus point, focus on something that's future focused that you, because we can't change the past, you know, and we have to be in the now to be able to start to think about what that future focus and that future state could look like for us. Because the more we're aligned to that and pointing in that direction, we're more than likely to head towards it. So I definitely think about writing that down as well. Oh, I love it, Debs. And my share of the secret would be, think of someone in your in your life who's finding life a little bit angsty, stressy, scary, or might be quite frankly terrified. For me, the benefit of these things that we're talking about is this converts anxious worry into productive rehearsal so that we are prepared well when we arrive at the destination. Because we will arrive there and we either arrive frazzled and thinking, God, what happened there? Or we arrive prepared ready to then do all the things that we're all missing at the moment and, you know, take advantage of it, etc. So my share of the secret would be think about someone you know is just finding this roller coaster ride a little bit too much and converting that worry and that inward looking into that outward focus. This could just be something that is the real tonic to where their head's at at the moment. So, Debs, riding the roller coaster of change, well... Uh, God willing, see you at the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, Law. Love you lots. Oh, I love you. See you, Debs. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.